Blackhawks Live. That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, time to talk hockey, time to talk Hawks. Now in the slot jacket zone, here's Debrinka with a shot, he scores! Debrinka twisting and turning down the slot, he takes and shoots, he scores! Oh-ho! It's time for Blackhawks Live. Turn away, Debrinka again, and shot, he scores! Overtime game winning goal for the catch! Chicago! Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. It's go time! Plenty of Alex Debrinkit cuts because the Cat will be joining us on Blackhawks Live tonight. He's WGN-TV's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. Welcome into Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. It was actually a pretty productive week for the Blackhawks. A devastating loss in Boston on Thursday, but the offense continues to fly pretty high. A big reason of that being Alex Debrinkit, but... Debrinkit, Patrick Kane, and Dylan Strome, Chris, are putting together something that we have not seen this well all year long. Yeah, what uh, the team totaled 17 goals over the since we last talked here over three games uh, from Blackhawks Live last week, and uh, let's see if they can keep it going here. Although uh, the competition steps up, you get the Bruins once again coming up at the United Center on Tuesday night, and then. Uh, a few days off before uh, you have a, a back-to-back weekend against a couple of division rivals up at Minnesota, whom the Hawks have struggled against so far this season, and then a Winnipeg team which uh, has uh, you know really been what five hundred, a little bit under that since they made their coaching change, has kind of fallen out of the playoff picture. So uh, still some opportunity here to. Uh, Pick up some ground, pick up some points here if uh, if they possibly can build on some of that momentum. And uh, we are now just one week away from the trade deadline, and all has been quiet so far. But I would not expect that to be the case when we do talk a week from tonight here. Yeah, neither would I, and, and I don't think that's no moves being made yet since Kyle Davidson uh, has been officially named as the general manager is really too. Um, anything to look at, uh, it's it's like a trade deadline with any sport. Things, the momentum will pick up as you get closer and closer to that actual deadline. And uh, there's no reason to believe that the Blackhawks won't be active once that day comes. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about it all year long, the, the possible suspects that could be on the move. And it seems like every day the media is asking every player, Derek King, you know, what's, what's the dressing room like or... Is that is there that impending doom? Of Are the eight shells loud? Yeah. Well, and Jake McCabe even said today that uh, he's kind of used to this situation. The past couple of teams he's been on have been teams that have been out of the playoff race, so it's just something he's used to. And uh, you know, you're going to see a guy like him probably be one of those older guys that these younger defensemen will be looking up to. Um, it's really going to see. It's going to be interesting to see how these roles change. As these next couple of weeks, or I should say the rest of the season after the trade deadline comes and passes. And obviously the biggest name on that list, and we've talked for the last couple of weeks about it, really no change with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, you know, he'll be the big fish in the pond as far as uh, other teams, what, what they're checking the Blackhawks out on. And yes, there certainly remain some candidates out there. Um, but the question also remains whether Mark wants to make a move from the Blackhawks to Team X or not, and how close are they to contending, and you know what that price tag is in return. There's a lot of variables in play here, and uh, you know we mentioned I think his agent last week, Alan Walsh, who's who's kind of a unique bird, shall we say? But uh, he definitely puts himself out there. But he has said now twice in the last week 
you know, uh, things have been very fluid. The conversation has been great between himself and Kyle Davidson, between Marc-Andre Fleury and himself and Kyle Davidson, uh, keeping the lines of communication very open. And uh, for uh, one of those agents who's out there and who has like a weekly podcast uh, or something like that and uh, has been known to uh, say or tweet a controversial thing or two, um, it's nice to know uh, whether Blackhawk fans like it or not. You know, we don't know who's interested and what those interested parties might be willing to give up. And we also don't know whether it's just 10 teams or whether Marc-Andre Fleury has, has pared that down even more here as, uh, as we move on. So, um, you know, he's going to be the big fish in the pond and, uh, he'll be, he'll be kind of the headline story, um, coming up. There was an interesting trade today with, uh, Colorado picking up another big defenseman in Josh Manson, uh, from Anaheim. So, uh, the wheels start turning. It's been fairly quiet so far. It has. And, uh, so, uh, it'll be an interesting week coming up here. And, uh, you know, when we get down to, to Monday morning when there's, national hockey shows strictly focusing on trade deadline activity some years it's uh it's a whirlwind other years it's uh, it's kind of a dud so uh, it remains to be seen what we'll be seeing here this year yeah it's definitely going to be one of those days where you just sit in the studio and watch nhl network all day though just to uh, try to map out all the moves in terms of the current blackhawks Again, we talk about that top line. Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane really doing some phenomenal things. 22 points in those last three games as we mm-hmm. saw the Blackhawks beat the Anaheim Ducks, lose a heartbreaker to Boston, and then have a pretty resilient game against the Ottawa Senators. I was saying on the postgame show, regardless of who they did it against, that was an impressive win for the Hawks after being down two players and two goals after 20 minutes. They're able to claw their way back and uh, win that game pretty convincingly. But uh, the momentum that this top line has had has really been impressive. We've seen Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinka click. We've seen Alex Dabrinka and Dylan Strome click, and we've Mm -hmm. seen Dylan Strome and uh, Patrick Kane click as well. But the way that this trio is just all firing on all cylinders right now is is really fun to watch, and uh, Alex Dabrinka is going to be our guest later on. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about what he thinks this organization needs moving forward and we're going to talk to him about the little bit of the the conversation he had with patrick kane against ottawa on saturday a little bit of a heated talk but uh in my eyes i think that's good for a guy like alex to and that's good for a team like this that patrick kane that that a guy like alex to feels comfortable enough to have that type of response that type of emotion towards patrick kane i think that's good well yeah and and it's, it's a rarity not to see those two guys in sync because True. you know they're like freaking frack out there <laughs> especially when you know, power play time comes along and despite the uh, uh, amazing capacity like steven stamkos has that one spot in the left-hand circle and he's been killing it for years and nobody can do anything about it right and same with alex ovechkin it appears alex to uh that's his house too and no matter how teams try to defend it um you know some may have a little bit more success from others but finding consistent success even though you know that's coming on a blackhawks power play or even on five on five action uh it's really interesting but yeah i don't see any harm in that you know what are we 60 games into the season just about and uh, uh as well as they work together it, it doesn't mean uh it's going to be harmonious for all 82 games during the course of a year especially when you're sitting there nine games under 500 and everyone's had their share of frustrations yes the individual production for both of those guys has been fantastic they work well together but 
part of the reason is because they work well together is when one sees the other make a mistake or thinks the other makes a mistake, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I, I imagine it's, it's kind of a situation like that, but Alex will explain that a little bit later on. Yeah, so we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about what's working with Patrick Kane right now and a few other things, too. Uh, before we get to a break, as always, we've got a Boykey's prize pack to give away our trivia question this week, 312-981-7200. If you can tell us... What is Patrick Kane's new game high for points in a game? There's a hint. He did it this week. First time in his career that he's reached this many points in one game. 312-981-7200. Our friends over at Boykies are going to hook you up. B-O-I-K-E-Y-S dot com. Use the promo code WGN Radio, but also use the promo code Joe Puck. And uh, tell me what it gets you, because I'm not too quite sure. But uh, again, 312-981-7200. If you can tell us, what is Patrick Kane's new game high for points uh, rather, career high for points in a game. We've got some calls coming in already. We'll hopefully have a winner after this break. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. DeBrinket's got it. Fed it across to the slot to Kane. Shoots, he scores! What a play! Patrick Kane caught that pass in his right skate, kicked it to his stick, and in his next motion fired it right along the ice through the five hole on Gibson. It's 3 nothing Hawks. That's our own John Weideman. On a Patrick Kane goal earlier this, well, last week, I should say. Jason Ross Jr. was filling in for John Weideman over the weekend. We had Nick Olchek filling in for Troy Murray over the weekend as well. And uh, John and Troy back at it from the United Center tomorrow as the Blackhawks host the Boston Bruins. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. You're listening to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. Our Boyke's Prize Pack giveaway question this week is... What is the new career high for points in a game for Patrick Kane? We've got Howard from Glendale Heights who has the answer. Howard, how many points did Patrick Kane have against the Anaheim Ducks this past week? Six. That's it. We got a winner. Congratulations, Howard. Awesome. Uh, That's great. Were you at the game? Were you just watching it? No, I listen on the radio. Yeah, oh. now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, we're right, talking. exactly. It's yeah, the check way it, better. Not only the, is the Boykies, but the check is in the mail, too. So. Awesome. Yeah, right. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll write that off on my taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, pre- you're preaching <laughs> to the Almost choir, Howard. Congratu- I know, no kidding. Congratulations. Enjoy the Boykies. All right. Go Hawks and go Troy Murray. Beat that cancer. I, I like it. it. Love it. Love it. it. Thanks, Howard. Howard in Glendale Heights winning a Boykies prize pack. Again, Boykies.com, B-O-I-K-E-Y-S.com. It's not beef jerky. It's like it, but it's better. It's healthier for you. It's much softer, easier to chew, and it's gluten-free. Uh, again, Boykies.com. Uh Something we were remiss to bring up in the opening segment, Connor Murphy getting a hard hit from Parker Kelly on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. And and we talked about the Blackhawks losing two players after the first period. Connor Murphy, one of them. Tyler Johnson, the other. Both of them in concussion protocol. Both of them for different circumstances. Johnson getting hit in the ear with a puck from Dominic Kubelik towards the end of that first period. But scary sight for Connor Murphy. The good news is... He was he stayed with the team throughout the game. He flew home with the team, and he and Tyler Johnson, after both flying home with the team, were at practice today. They weren't on the ice for practice, but they were at Fifth Third Arena. Yeah, certainly uh, encouraging signs there. And when when Connor first went down, just just that initial vision that yes. you saw of him that were that scariest of all in these types of situations. And you know, we saw it with. 
Jujar Kara just absolutely frozen with his arms above the surface of the ice when he suffered a concussion. And then Connor Murphy uh, looking extremely uncomfortable, having an inability to... You know, do what you know. Function the way professional athletes, not not to mention the rest of us, would normally function. Uh, in that in that situation, uh, you knew it was it was bad, but thankfully it quickly turned. Just the way everyone was waving, you know, uh, Doc out onto the ice and all the trainers out on the ice, it it kind of added to the uh, to the fright of it all. But uh, once you know, we saw his legs moving there shortly thereafter, which was encouraging. He gave the thumbs up. And uh, I was really surprised to hear that he wasn't even taken to the hospital for right. precautions. So, you know, a, a quick recovery for, for Connor, who's as a nice a guy and as tough as a guy as they come. And uh, hopefully he'll be back on the ice here soon. McKenzie, and Tyler Johnson, too, for what all he's I been know, through, too. I know. That's frustrating, too. But uh, Saturday night, Mackenzie Endwistle was saying that Taves, or, uh, excuse me, Connor Murphy going down turned into a rallying cry for the team. That game we came out in the second, you know, that was kind of our our uh, our little speech in, in between periods was let's win this one for Murph. So um, it was nice to get a win. So uh, some interesting or, or at least uh, encouraging words from Mackenzie Entwistle there. And I want to bring up the fight by Jonathan Taves because, listen, this is a guy that just came off a concussion protocol. Um you could you could talk about that. You could really wonder if that's the right thing to do in that situation. Uh, I think the benefit of the doubt for Jonathan Taves is he's pretty aware of how he's doing, what he's able to endure, what he's not able to endure. And uh, it was such a, a shutdown moment when Murphy went down. Ottawa goes... Uh, on a shorthanded penalty, obviously the five-minute major for five minutes, and they end up scoring. Earlier today, Jake McKay was saying that he wasn't even too surprised about that because of just how somber the team was. And, you know, I kind of brought up the question because you see this. You see fights happen after hard hits, whether they're fair or not. And it seems like everyone was pretty okay with the hits by Parker Kelly. He even went ahead and apologized to Connor Murphy. But Jonathan Taves getting in a fight after a hard hit on Kirby Doc, it's not even so much to to res- I guess it is to reset the game, but I, I kind of think of it more as okay, we're no longer our emotions aren't in this somber, saddened aspect anymore. We're now moving on to the competition and, and to refocus on the game and let's get the adrenaline going again. And and it's not even a hard nosed hockey mentality type thing. It's just kind of to reset the emotions, and that really worked for the team. Uh, Jonathan Taves especially, with two Mm -hmm. goals, his first multi-goal game in a couple of years. Um, But that was a really, really solid turnaround for that team, which we often don't see, especially in the second period. Yeah, I'm not not a crazy fan of it based on everything the captain has been through, but uh, stick taps to him for putting himself out there and on the line again since you know he's just recently coming back from something once again um and um you know i was i was just double checking to see the lineup on on who else not necessarily who else was on the ice at the same time because Hagel's the other wing on that line with with Johnny right with or, Ty- or, yes yes on yes. that second line with Tyler yeah, Johnson yeah um so uh well no sorry, Taves is Taves is centering doc is it Hagel on the other side I've I've been paying attention now, to the last like, yes, combination. Yes. Now you were now yes. And I, now I was you were thinking right. who else might have been on the ice to undertake that. Well, and they uh, also dressed eleven forward and seven defensemen in that no. game. So, do you wait? Um, have somebody else try to try to line them up for later in the game, or 
Um, I'm sure the captain just felt there was a certain sense of urgency the way things were going to try to turn this thing around because I, you know, I'm looking up and down the lineup with who else is available. Honestly, you know, Connor Murphy would do it, but he was already gone mm-hmm. uh, in terms of types of players. Yeah, Alex Dabrinkit isn't afraid to drop him at any time. I'll right. say that. Um, outside of that, Hagel's the same way. And about the only other two players in the lineup who, you know, w- would normally go that and come to some, come to someone else's defense. Um, whether they're out on the ice at the time or not, are Mackenzie Entwistle and Riley Stillman. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have a finite number of guys who, you know, would go out there and put themselves out there in that situation to quote unquote extract revenge. But Jonathan, for for what it's worth, and whether you like it or not, thought the time was immediate and he needed to do something right away in order to address the situation. Because quite honestly, Ottawa came out and they were. They were slamming the Hawks around for a while, and you know, and that the, the the Connor Murphy example was front and center on that. Here is Jake McCabe's reaction, or rather, the team's reaction after Jonathan Taves' fight. Yeah, it helps. You know, it helps. I think reset for sure. That five five minute. Uh, I mean, when you get the five minute major and they score a shorty, it, you could kind of sense it wasn't surprising, in a, in a way, at least for me on the bench. Uh, I mean, I I didn't have to go out there in the power play, but uh, I'm just sorting my thoughts and. Kirby gets hit and Taser responds right away with that and definitely uh, you know wakes us up a little bit and more importantly though I think is is two goals too you know getting us right back in the game uh, he had a, a huge night for us and then Jake McCabe factoring in in the offense as well he had a multi-point game it was just a really good day for the offense how about Caleb Jones now yeah. with more goals than Seth Jones this year four to three I, <laughs> I find find me somebody that could have predicted that I, did not, I did not have that one in the odds uh, no. as we sit here on uh, mid in mid-march uh, and, and that's another thing and, and Seth has Seth has come out and, and talked about it you know, he's going to be with this team for nine years. So uh, you want to see that production get back up to where it was three or four years ago. Now, um, he is, he's, admits he's he's frustrated. Uh, he's getting his share of looks, but the puck's not going in the net. But at some point, you know, he's going to have to figure it out. And all these guys go through their share of ups and downs. But uh, hopefully, you know, it, it's not a time on ice thing. The workload isn't affecting his effectiveness offensively, and uh, he can get things going. That's, I think, another important thing to watch here towards the end of the year, whether he's going to be sitting there at the end of the year at four, five, six goals, or whether he gets himself going offensively. Because if the Blackhawks are going to be an effective, consistently effective power play, he's going to have to be the quarterback in that one for years to come. He says it more than upsets him. I mean, it's it's definitely taken a toll on him, but I think he's uh, in the right mindset to not let it affect him too much. And also, Hawks fans that are critical about him and his play, I just have to say, be patient. This is still the first year of this whole Seth Jones saga. He's doing a lot of great things defensively. As long as Caleb is picking him up offensively, that's what's most <laughs> There important. we go. Alex Dabrinkit joins us after the news as Steve Ruxton is standing by. You're listening to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. To Patrick Kane, right face off done. Over to Dabrinkit, a one-timer. Turn away, Dabrinkit again. He scores! Overtime game winning goal for the Cat. His 50th career power play goal. And the Blackhawks beat the Edmonton Oilers in overtime 4-3.
Welcome back to Blackhawks Live on WGN Radio. Thrilled to have our next guest in Alex DeBrinket here on Blackhawks Live. And Alex, I know things are going great offensively. I kind of wanted to talk about your defense, though. When you first came in, Joel Quinville even said how your your stick is just always active, always in the right spot. What is the premise of your defensive mentality, and how has it evolved over the years? Um, I think it's definitely gotten better over the years for sure, but um, I think an active stick is something that um, it's not very hard to do, but it makes it hard on the the offensive guys. So, um, you know, I think, like I've said, I've gotten better over the years and found my spots to be in and and, and what works in the NHL. And, um, you know, I think it's all you always can get better. So still trying to improve that, but, um, you know, try to take pride in my defensive game. And, um, you know, a lot of offense comes from that. So, then you can have fun after that. Well, you're having a lot of fun this year. Going back to first coming into the league, 28 goals, 41 goals, 18 goals. Uh, how were you able to bounce back from that? You know, What did you do differently the following summer, and how have you continued to do that progression since then? Yeah, I mean, I think that that year with 18, um, you know, a lot of posts, you know, a lot of things didn't go in that normally would, and, um, you know, I feel like that happens with, with – everybody everyone goes in a slump at some point but um you know I think it actually gave me time to to think about more aspects of my game and try to get better in in different spots so um you know that next summer obviously I worked on a lot of shooting and um you know work working hard uh just in the gym and stuff but um you know not too much did change and I just got more lucky the next year I think I think a lot of goal scorers go through droughts like that and um you know sometimes it just goes in and sometimes it doesn't so I think uh especially when you're going through a slump it's uh it's hard not to get frustrated but I think it's definitely uh, more valuable if you try to think to other spots of your game that can really help the team out and um I think that year made me uh, a way better player in the long run and um you know I had to, to focus on other things rather than just scoring goals Everyone's different, but Kirby Doc in his third year having some offensive struggles. Have you shared any of that wisdom with him? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of guys go through it, like I said. Um, you know, I think a big part is to not listen to, to, you know, the negative comments or whatever it may be. I think it's um, hard to stay away from it, but it's also, um, you know, tough on the mental health. So I think... Uh, you just got to focus on yourself and um you know Kirby's obviously been a, a, a great player for us this year it might not be going in for him too much but um you know he does things on, on the other side of the puck for us and he's been shutting down a lot of a lot of lines he was a shutdown line there for a while and um you know he's still playing really well this year so I think you can take other things that maybe other people don't see and um you know really feel good about yourself in those ways and um kind of move on from it and hopefully um you know get hot here at the end of the season how difficult was it for you to avoid some of that negative criticism i mean kirby's gone as far as deleting social media apps um yeah i just just kind of didn't pay attention to it too much i think uh i didn't go that far to delete the social media but um you know i just wouldn't look at it i would just you know pay attention to you know other things maybe not focus on hockey too much i think that was a season where you know, you kind of realize, um, you know, there's more important things than, than hockey in your life. And, um, you know, when you go home, maybe you need to separate yourself from the game a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously when things are going good, it's easy to, you know, want to check your name out and, and stuff on, on Twitter and stuff. But, um, you know, I just don't think that's it's very helpful. You see a, a hundred good comments and one bad one and you you 
think about the bad one for for the whole night so um you know i kind of stay away from social media and in that aspect but um you know i think it's it's good to learn and it's good to have that mental um you know toughness and um you know just work through it are you googling your name a lot now with everything going so well uh, no no i think uh same thing now it's it's not worth looking it out you got one guy that wants to <laughs> chirp you and it sticks uh sticks in your mind so um, it's been like that for a couple of years for me where I've just stayed away from, you know, anything with me in it. And, um, you know, I just try to, to focus on, you know, the important things. I think what, what I can do better, um, you know, for the team and, and what I can do better for me as well. I think, um, you know, a lot of people might not know what's what's best for the team or or myself. So, um, you know, you try to focus on those things. A lot of good things going on for you and Patrick Kane, but especially right now. I mean, you guys have had that chemistry. You've had that success. But right now, things are really clicking. Is, is there anything you can pinpoint that's significantly better for Patrick Kane's game, whether it's with him alone or, or with you? No, no, I think sometimes it just clicks, and sometimes, um, you know, you go through a tough tough streak. I think right now um, we're, we're working hard to get pucks back, and, um, you know, our line's doing a good job of, you know, forcing turnovers and being able to tack off of that. So I think that's been our, our, our really good spot right now. And, um, you know, obviously Kaner's so skilled, so when he has the puck, you know, you just try to get open. So, um, you know, I think sometimes, like I said earlier, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. And um, right now it's working, and we just got to keep working hard and not get too uh, complacent. So I think uh, that's an important part. During Saturday's game, there was uh, a conversation between you two. I won't call it heated, but it was emotional. And uh, it seemed like you really just had the ability to be yourself and say what was on your mind. So what about the relationship with you and Patrick allows you to do that? Because it you know, it'd be very easy for Patrick Kane to be a guy that doesn't take uh, other opinions and other criticism. I mean, how, how does your guys' chemistry allow that to happen? Um, yeah, I mean, on the ice, sometimes it's frustrating, you know, whether a guy doesn't make a play or, um, you know, you're just frustrated with your own game. And I think uh, it's uh, we all want to do the best we can, and, and especially um, Kaner, we're both very competitive and we want to, you know, be the best player on the ice at all, at all times. So, um, you know, sometimes it gets there and, um, you know, I think it, it makes us better in the long run. I mean, we we know what's on each other's mind, and um, you know, I think it's it's something we can learn from, and um, you know, just move forward from. You gonna leave Mackenzie Entwistle alone anytime soon? <laughs> no, he's uh, he's an easy guy for me to pick on. He's a big teddy bear. So, uh, no, he's he's great. He's um, you know, I think just got to pick on somebody. So he's uh, he he's the victim right now. We're talking with Alex Debrinkit here on Blackhawks Live. Just a few more questions. Um, this team is officially in a rebuild. You said you're, you're excited for that journey or you're looking forward to be a part of that journey. What do you think this Blackhawks team needs moving forward to make it a successful rebuild? Um, you know, that's tough for me to say. I think uh, you know Kyle has some things in mind, and um, I think he's going to take us in the right direction. So um, you know I trust him. I th- I'm pretty sure the team trusts him, and uh, we can uh, you know hopefully get better through through getting younger. And um, you know I think we we need to get that identity back in our game. Um, we're we've 
gotten it back a little bit, um, you know, this second half of the year. But um, in the beginning, I think we didn't really know what type of team we were. And, um, you know, we were trying to have it given to us. And um, in this league, it's never given to you. you got to work hard. And, um, you know, I think maybe we were just missing a little bit at the be- a little bit of that at the beginning of the year and um you know but i think we learned from that and we can definitely get better from that after saturday's win jonathan taves had mentioned Derek king kind of put the pressure on you guys that morning and it, it seemed to have worked so what was the message and uh, how much did that play a role in saturday's win um yeah we we had an off day the day before so he said uh don't make me regret giving you an off day so um yeah i think the first period obviously um it was tough seeing Murph go down, and um, maybe guys were a little bit shaken up from that. But um, I think we, we rebounded in the second period good. Taser came up with two big goals right there to start, and, um, you know, I think we moved on from them. So, uh, you know, if we can always have that resilient attitude and, um, you know, never be out of a game, I think uh, we'll, we'll be good. What's the transition of becoming a dad been like? <laughs> um haven't done too much yet read probably half a book and done a couple (laughs) classes but um you know i think we're we're excited for it to come or for him to come and um you know really just enjoy the moment i think it's uh you know such a precious thing and um you know we're excited to to have him here and um just have some fun with him what's some of the best advice you've gotten from any of your teammates about being a dad um that's a good question I don't know. I, we, we hear it's tough, that's for sure. Um, but a lot of guys with multiple kids say, you know, one's easy, and then once you get to two and three, it's a little bit harder. So we're going to enjoy the one for now and, um, you know, see where that takes us. Alex, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's Alex DeBrinkett. We'll have more Blackhawks Live coming up next, 720 WGN. Wrapping up Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN with Chris Bowden. Another big thanks to Alex DeBrinkett for joining us Thanks this for letting week. me get some questions in there, Joe. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I'm too worried about uh, making sure I get out on time before the news and then, and, then, and then pounding my chest over the airwaves because my microphone was still on. I'm normally not that pretentious, everybody. Yeah, no. No, he isn't. Take my word for it. But, uh, yeah, great interview with Alex there. And I, I know exactly why he may have been ticked off at Patrick because, you know, every, everyone else is continuing to score in that game against Ottawa, and and, and Alex is finding himself having his five game goal scoring streak end. You know, how so about I think that? That's the reason why, <laughs> even though he wouldn't admit it. How about that? Like we said, an impressive win. It turned out to be a significant win over the Ottawa Senators, and yeah, Alex to break it without a goal. But uh, it was good to see. The, uh, the wealth spread a little bit. We talked about it. Caleb Jones, his first multi-goal game of his career. He also tied his career high with four goals on the season. So quite a nice little pickup for the Blackhawks in acquiring Caleb Jones. Uh, something we were talking about off-air right before uh, the Patrick Kane journey that now has him past Bobby Hall for number 2 all-time in points in Blackhawks history. I can't remember the math now. 311 points away from Stan Makita, though. And uh, Chris Bowden and I were talking about whether or not he will do it. Well, congratulations to him. Number one star of the week. Um, not about to be upstaged for long by Nick Schmaltz, his, his former teammate. So uh, he gets number one star honors this week. Uh, Patrick um, with a goal and nine assists in the three games that the Blackhawks played this week, including the six against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, ben Pope really broke this thing down in his Sun-Times article today. We'll share a little bit with you, but uh, we want to pump Ben's tires who went into a really deep dive because um, Patrick in 56, the team has played 59, 
Patrick's only played 56. He already has a couple more points than he had in all 56 games a year ago. And right. he really dried out towards the end of last season. But Ben, uh, to quote him in the Sun Times article, just to you know, as we watch whether Patrick continues to evolve and be as as productive, uh, Ben wrote since ninety three ninety four when the NHL scoring rate stabilized around the modern day norm, fifteen players have recorded one hundred fifty more points and averaged more than a point a game during their age thirty one, thirty two, and thirty three seasons. Of course, Patrick is thirty three right now, and of those fifteen, six of them are still active. Kane, two guys you'll see this week, and Brad Marchand and. And Blake Wheeler, also Malkin and Crosby from the Penguins, Ovechkin from the Capitals. The other nine, Ron Francis, Adam Oates, Jeremy Yager, Daniel Alfredson, Joe Sackick, Brett Hull, Martin San Louis, Alexander Mogilny, and Mark Recchi. Uh, of all those guys, all but Mogilny remained productive for quite a few years beyond 33. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Patrick can keep up this pace. You know, every once in a while he goes through these stretches where you start scratching your head and wondering, all right, uh, is he going to be able to keep this up? But he always rebounds. Uh, you know, as, as lines get tinkered around him, he always seems to find a way to remain productive. And uh, here he is leading the Hawks in scoring once again. To steal the response from Nick Olchek, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Patrick Kane has had a really good resume in terms of health throughout his hockey career. Just a couple of short stints, one in 2015 where uh, he was sidelined for a little bit. You know, you look at it averaging, I, I, I haven't read the full entirety of Ben Pope's article, and he, you know, he always does the, the hard work on that kind of stuff. But the quick math I did last weekend was I believe Patrick Kane just needs to continue his average of, which is a lot, 76 points a season. He's got to do that for four more years. Mm-hmm. The four years part, I, I think, is no sweat. Yeah, I, I think he can do that and more and more. 76 points, who knows? But why Can you not? find the right people around him like he seems to have, at least right now, too? But he's such a playmaker, too. I, yes, that, that's a huge part of it. And okay, if you want to bring that up, then where's Alex Dabrinka going? Because I don't, I don't think anywhere. And for the topic of conversation, Brandon Hagel could be joining up there with him right. in the next coming years. So I, I say why not? How did you like the daylight while it lasted? Yeah, here, right. Uh, yeah, that's how we led the show last week. <laughs> and uh, we're getting our last closing moments of daylight. But... Uh, Trade deadline show next week, though. That will be a fun one. Yeah, these uh, next upcoming weeks, like I keep saying, there's going to be a lot of competitive hockey at the United Center, like tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins, 7.30 puck drop. Uh, Check out Blackhawks.com slash tickets to head to the UC. That's going to do it for Blackhawks Live. Big thanks to Curtis Koch, Alex Dabrinkit. For Chris Bowden, I'm Joe Brand. We'll talk to you next week on Blackhawks Live.